Hey, listeners. Before we get into the new episode of Kaiju Transmissions, I want to do a quick plug for a guest spot that Matt and I and our friend Tom, who you've heard on the podcast before, um, did for another podcast. Uh, That is the Movie Graveyard Podcast, hosted by our friend The Goat, who uh, you may remember did the Power Rangers episode with us. But we did a full commentary track for the 1998 Godzilla movie, and I think it turned out really good. We had a lot of fun doing it, and um, hopefully you guys will check it out. And I know a lot of people might not be eager to revisit that movie, but... I don't really think you have to. I think you can enjoy it without having to watch that movie. So, yeah, go check that out and also uh, enjoy this episode coming up. This is another edition of Kaiju Transmissions. As always, I am your host, Bird, and there is another host as well. Uh, hey everybody, it's Matt, because Bird is great introductions. <laughs> yeah. He sounds thrilled to be here right now, doesn't he? <laughs> Bird, uh, how many energy drinks have you had today? This to is uh, Bird, and I am a host. Well, I'm drinking apple juice. So. Apple juice? Yeah, man. Are you five? What's wrong hey, with I apple, like apple juice? juice? Although apple juice makes me poop sometimes. Huh? I, I don't have that. Everything problem. makes me poop. So. I love apple. I love orange juice too, but I li- I love apple juice. Eight. <laughs> wrong. But we have another. Uh, we have another person on this podcast. Who's, yes. You yeah. heard that voice? The one who uh, uh, has digestive problems drinking apple juice. <laughs> <laughs> that is, he's been a frequent uh, guest on here, and that is our good friend Tom. What's up? And he's he's out there. He's taking. Hello. A- <laughs> <laughs> Tom uh, has more enthusiasm than both of us for our own podcast. Well, I'm pretty sure that was a Twin Peaks reference. So if any if anyone listening is watching the new Twin Peaks, you'll get it. If you're Mr. not. Jack. So, uh, we're here to talk about, we've, we've had a couple people now ask us if we were going to cover this, and that is the Giver. Um, I'm assuming these are 90s Wasn't people. I on the first episode where it was, like, officially asked of you guys, and we went on that, like, four yeah, to five yeah. minutes? Yeah, and then, yeah, and then we've had a couple people in comments and s- sections and stuff ask about the Giver. So, yeah, you, you were here. First hand when this was um, conceived. 
and you know it, it, it took it a little while. Right. Yeah, we we had to carry it to term, and um, you know, <laughs> right what now are you I, even saying right now. <laughs> right now we're we're giving birth to it. It's like it's like we've we've. Did you swallow? Did you swallow that little uh, orb, and it's like cutting its way <laughs> out of your stomach? So I guess uh, unless anyone has anything to, to add, we can we can get right into the Giver. Woo! No. Woo! You know, most of the time we've been talking about the giant monsters, but you know what? Every now and then, someone wants to put on a rubber monster suit, and they don't, they don't want to stomp around miniature buildings. They want to fight cyborg superheroes. Um, and that would be the Giver, which was kind of a thing in the like, late 80s, early 90s, when anime was like first getting big over here with stuff like Akira. And uh, I guess the manga was popular. Written by, well, yeah, the Giver is created by Yoshiki Takaya, and the Giver, right there, yeah, and the Giver is a, uh, it's described as a symbiotic techno-organic device. So, bio-boosted armor. Yes, bio-booster armor, uh, which I guess I don't know what the hell that means, but basically, someone comes into contact with this thing and it attaches itself to you and goes under your skin and then when you feel like beating up monsters it it comes out and it forms a big armor uh around you and allows you to to look cool and and beat up monsters right you kind of look like shredder (laughs) it's like shredder with a little bit of like spider-man (laughs) <laughs> or that is not, that's like the worst description I think I've ever heard of the Giver. <laughs> what, what? <laughs> I don't think that's. You don't think Shredder is no, slightly Shredder accurate? Mi- no, no, not not sh- the Shredder part's fine, but Shredder mixed with Spider Man. Yeah, no, that's not right. <laughs> it's like Shredder mixed with like Master Chief. That would be. <sighs> you guys are. That that apple juice has gone like straight to your brain tonight, man. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> well, he has those think... like buggy eyes that like Spider Man. Well, a lot of a lot of I guess like Ultraman has similar eyes. Those like again, Spider Man and Ultraman. I mean, this is not sp- sp- Spider Man. <laughs> the, the... <laughs> <laughs> the the Devil's Demon or whatever. <laughs> that show is amazing, by the way. Spider Man. What is he? Is he the Devil's? emissary or something <laughs> I, I just love that he has like a giant robot thing that fights giant monsters uh, that if you haven't seen Anyways. that show you should check it out Marvel and Toei and, need to get their shit together and get that on DVD here it, it's streaming it, on the Marvel site I think the, the Giver like backstory or, or um, mytho- mythos maybe is like confusing if you actually pay attention to it <laughs> um because I think it's in the movie, and I'm pretty sure it's in the anime. I don't know if it's in the manga. Uh, they make like a big deal to say that if uh, the Giver is only like useful if a human is wearing it. If it's like one of these alien things that uh, they're called the the zoonoids. Yeah. 
Uh, if one of them wears it, it's supposedly just a shield. This is basically all it is. It's just like a... But, but then everyone is so obsessed about getting one. <laughs> yeah, Cronus wants to like... <laughs> and they act like weapon. it's this huge thing, but it's like, well, if it's just a shield for you, why, why do you care? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't um, know. Um, the manga is yeah, the, still the, going, the, apparently. The, the mythos of the Giver, the general plot... Because uh, I watched the the animes too, is basically that aliens created everything. Like it, it, it's almost similar to the to the Halo mythology, where like there's this ancient ish, very ancient race that created all the other races and species, and the reason they created uh aliens and then humans was they were trying to create the perfect uh weapon and so humans that's this part of the the mythos of the giver is that humans were uh designed to be a weapon and uh, also and also the the zoonoids are like just these aliens that uh they're like they look like people and then they can transform into stuff (laughs) <laughs> well yeah and then like Kronos the alien organization starts taking people and then experimenting on them and then making those people become zoonoids yes to unlock the true potential of the human race I think that's the yeah the, the um, backstory yeah well uh well I mean we're gonna be talking and reviewing we're gonna be reviewing the two live action movies from the states before we get into that, <clears throat> um, as I mentioned, the, the manga is still going, and there's been various anime versions over the years, and I think Tom is the only one that's watched those. So, uh, you want to just kind of give quick recap and thoughts on on those? I, I almost... Uh, the, the, they're almost a little better to do after... Okay. Talking about the movies, maybe. Right. Yeah, let's let's. I've, I've seen the I've seen the um the longer of the two, the newest on the twenty sixth episode. Okay. Did did you finish it? Yeah. Okay. Just because it's it's just easier to talk about them after kind of explaining the story of the two movies and then just saying like how they're kind of similar. Okay. The The animators kind of a little similar, or different. All right. We'll do that then. So um, we are going to take you back, listener. To 1991 and that is when you have the big resurgence of Japanese comics and cartoons um, so that was very successful here so I, I guess the Giver manga or um, and uh, perhaps the anime I'm not sure when that was released here I remember it being around um, I suppose those were successful. And that caught the attention of a man that I am no stranger to, but his name is Brian Yuzna. Woo. I love Brian Yuzna. So do I. What a wonderful man. And he gave what us... A, what, a, what a wonderful mind. <laughs> right. He gave us a lot of cult uh, movies in the, the 80s. Stuff like Society, um, uh, he produced Reanimator and he directed the two Reanimator sequels. Uh, Return of the Living Dead Part 3, which is one of the ultimate underrated zombie movies, in my opinion. Uh, but he had yeah. a real 
uh, a real knack for. Do you know he was behind? Uh, <laughs> you know he was he was the producer on Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, him and Stuart and as Gordon. I just learned from uh, free podcast plug for Mick Garris, as I just learned on Postmortem, um, Stuart Gordon was originally attached to direct that. Yeah, yeah. Could you imagine uh, Stuart I know. Gordon directed Honey I Shrunk the Kids? I know. Yeah, it's that. That's pretty wild. I guess he he they did do a kids movie, The Wonderful Ice Cream. I never saw. Well, seem to like it. But Brian Yosna has ha, had a real knack for things like body horror and people transforming into things and grotesque uh, effects and creatures and all that stuff. Um, so I can see why he would be attracted to the Giver as something to uh, turn into a movie. Um, and, uh, so 1991 saw The Giver, uh, released in Europe as Mutronics. <laughs> whatever that, whatever that's supposed to mean. Um, and yep, based on the Japanese, um, comics, it's directed by Screaming Mad George, who is one of the great, uh, special effects makeup people. Um, and this is him as a director, but he did a lot of the Nightmare on Elm Streets, uh, most of Brian Usna and Stuart Gordon's movies. Um, really good practical effects guy. Um, I think The Blob was one of them. Uh, and co-directed by Steve Wang. Um, and uh, this is very much a Brian, it feels very much like a Brian Yuzna movie, but yeah. you definitely can tell they were also trying to corner the home video market with something that kids would see the cover and be like, oh cool, and watch, so it it's a very strange movie in that it's it's almost like it's half a kids movie, almost like in the vein of Ninja Turtles, and then it's half like a Brian Yuzna movie and uh, it's it's very bizarre and confused, but that's part of why I like it, and it's part of why I think it's interesting. And um, we'll get into that. So I've been blabbing. So Tom, you love this movie. So why don't you go ahead and give us the plot breakdown for yeah, okay. MacGyver? Um, a a doctor carrying a briefcase uh, gets murdered, and um. He he gets killed by this organization known as Kronos. Uh, they are an evil alien organization on Earth that, as we kind of already alluded to, they, um, well, they're evil. Um, <laughs> but they uh, they experiment on human beings. They try to unlock the zoonoid within human beings, which is basically like allows you to transform into a monster. Um, they're always on the lookout for these Giver units because there's only three of them. Or is that part of the movie? I can't remember. There's not many of these Giver units. Um, and they're so uh, they're trying to like unlock the secrets of the Giver unit. And Kronos basically wants to rule the world. Um, well, before this doctor gets killed, he hides the Giver unit, and um, a young man. Uh, by the name of Sean Barker, is the character Jack Armstrong, uh, 
such a well-known and popular actor. He doesn't even have his own Wikipedia entry. Um, <laughs> he he uh, literally falls onto the unit and it attaches itself to him. Um, meanwhile, so he becomes the Giver. Meanwhile, um, Mark Hamill, who's uh, like a police officer or FBI agent or something, um, is is looking for him or looking like looking into this case, and they all kind of cross paths, and uh, he has to basically end up doing battle with uh, the Zoonoids and and Kronos, and they're they're obsessed with trying to to get the uh, the 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 Giver and, and get it off of him and unlock its secrets, and he's trying to get the girl, um, Mickey Sagawa is the is the character played by Vivian Wu. She was in, like... Ooh, she's got quite the filmography, actually. Um, but nothing famous other than Turtles 3, which maybe maybe it's better she... You know, no one remembers <laughs> that. Um, and it just sort of leads to this big, uh, this big confrontation between the Giver and uh, the Zoonoids. And there's, there's some pretty cool, uh, like, character actors in this movie. Um... What's his face? Uh, Jeffrey Jeffrey Combs is in this, but he's not the one I'm thinking of. Michael uh, Berryman. Le- Le- he might be. Yeah. Michael Berryman yeah, Michael- is the guy from The Hills Have Eyes. Yeah, Michael Berryman's in this. Uh, Linnea Quigley's in this. So it's it's a it's a good cast. Of, Mark uh, Hamill, Jimmy J J Walker. Yeah, Mark Mark Hamill is the bait and switch of this movie, where uh, I could see uh, adults at the time, especially critics, having. F- being felt uh feeling like they got fleeced uh if you look at the the, if you look at the poster of this movie it is mark hamill's face half covered by the guyver units um (laughs) his his name is the only name on it and and then all it says is part human part alien pure superpower uh mark hamill is not the guyver (laughs) hey man so so i can i can see how I can see how people would have reacted, you know, and um, I'm sure even like maybe if I had seen this at a at a later time, that might have been the a way I reacted too. But I saw this movie when I was like a kid on a sleepover, and uh, like Bird said, they they targeted that VHS cover towards like ten year old kids. <laughs> with uh, I mean, you just look up like if you just Google Giver. 1991 the vhs cover is like the number two image result and it's it's got monsters on it it's got this this thing half covering a guy's face i was like oh this looks awesome let me it says watch out batman move over superman a new superhero (laughs) has arrived uh it and yeah it's just it's a wildly fun movie like bird said it's got that yuzna feeling to it um which if you you know if you've seen any of his movies if you you know especially i would say um like beyond reanimator or ticks or return of the living dead 3 it's got that uh that sense of humor about kind of everything um that very yuzna sense of humor and and it's just it's a lot of fun and the creature designs in it are great uh yeah no the the practical practical effects they really didn't um cut any corners. The, is the, Michael Berryman the one who's the leader of like like he's the one with the big dome thing on his head? Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, that's he's, a cool he's the guy. He's in all the Rob Zombie movies, and no, know, no, but yeah. I'm talking about when he transforms. Yeah, yeah, he's like the main, yeah. the main one. Oh, and uh, David Gale, who's the villain from Reanimator, is well, oh yeah, the, the main villain here. The guy looks like John Kerry, kind of. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's basically playing the same character in this as he is in Reanimator. Pretty um, much. But no, the, the cast is super fun, and uh, a lot of fun character actors. Um, Did but, you know he died in 1991, David Gale? I knew he was dead. I don't, I don't, I didn't, for some reason I didn't think it was that early, but yeah, I guess you're right. He died during open heart surgery. Damn. Like, five months after this movie was, re- was released. Hopefully he felt like this movie sealed his legacy. Um, (laughs) so, uh, right off the bat, this movie opens with, uh, I guess the Zoonoids, uh, a scientist who turns out to be one of them as well, but he's like the good one. And he turns into this fish creature and then Michael Berryman turns into the, the main Zoonoid. He kind of looks like a gremlin. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like a a giant gremlin. Um, and then, uh, he kills him horrifically by, like, crushing his skull, and then he dissolves into a pile of goo and bones, and it's all, it's, it's pretty horrific, uh, (laughs) for a movie that, um, is kind of a kid's movie and kind of not, um, and then you go from that to, like, these goofy scenes of Jack Armstrong as, um, John Barker, like, I wish I knew more about this Jack Armstrong guy. Like, was he like an amateur? I don't know who um, this guy was. He's terrible, by the way. Was he like? Was he like a maybe like a moderately uh, successful, um, like uh, karate champion or something? You know, like like, yeah, like a regional karate champion that Brian Yuzna saw somehow. You know, and was like, oh, this guy could do some some kung fu. Let me just. Cast him as a stuntman. Yeah, no, I don't know where you know, this like, guy came from or where he has been since. <laughs> he's he's terrible in this movie, by the way. Um, and then you go to scenes where like Michael Berryman gives David Gale a suitcase that he thinks has the guyver in it, but it's just a toaster, and <laughs> he makes him punch himself, and <laughs> so it's just like this really goofy humor, like sandwiched between these like crazy effects sequences and like these body horror transformations um and there's another scene where he fights these thugs and like there's weird sound effects and it's just it's it, it's it's more like a scene out of like power rangers or something and then after that you know someone's gonna horrifically turn into a monster or, or like melt or something yeah mark hamill like he gets that is a trans- brutal he gets transformed into like a zoonoid, but uh, but Jack Armstrong like it, he interrupted the process, so it wasn't complete. So Mark Hamill just like horrifically dies while he's transforming. <laughs> Dude, that like transformation fly, like, is like <laughs> any kid watching kill this movie. Me. The the Mark Hamill transformation is like it's hor- it's it's horrific. It's grotesque. It is grotesque. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um. Uh, that but it, uh, that's probably my favorite scene in the movie. And I mean, if you're into practical effects, 
Uh, I mean, nothing really beats a good transformation scene. Yeah, no, there's there's so many good practical effects in this. You know, when they they rip the the little bulb out of his head. Yeah, that was that's mm-hmm. nasty. And and then when it it regrows itself, the how does the one guy end up eating it? Like, uh, the Jeffrey Combs and like the other scientists. They turn into zoonoids, and then uh, the ball that got ripped out of his head and like dissolved him gets thrown into the Jeffrey Combs monster's mouth, and then he comes out of him like a as a fully grown guy is <laughs> the Giver, like uh, as like, like a chestburster. Yeah, he yeah. slices through it like uh, the sh- like the fin slices through it, and um, and he it's comes awesome. out like a chest burster. It's an awesome moment. And there's also a part where, like, you see the f- like, like the the sharp blade fin like slice through, and the- it makes like a fake like Jaws music. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I still like the part where the uh, Ramsey the the one guy that is uh he he goes over the wall and like they're filming another monster movie. And they think he's the monster from the movie within oh, the movie. Yeah. <laughs> like the girl's screaming. Jimmy oh, J.J. Yeah. Walker. Yeah, that's Jimmy J.J. Walker. Um, that's, a, that's a great moment of Yuzna humor right there, too. He, you know, he jumps over the wall and, and she's screaming. And instead of, like, attacking her, he's like, no, shh, be quiet, please don't stop. You know, like, that's, that's a Brian Yuzna moment right there. I'm pretty sure like, he starts, like, talking to the director, and the director is giving him tips on what to yeah, do. Yeah, and, and, then, and then later he bumps into a guy wearing, like, a, a, a fake monster suit and, like, holding a big head, and, like, they, like, stare at each other. But yeah, no, that Jimmy J.J. Walker is that monster who's the, the black guy that raps and stuff in, on, in a way that only early 90s movies could portray. Um, oh, I forgot about like, the <laughs> rap battle before they fight. <laughs> Great. Uh, and what that is... Jiving, jiving thing. <laughs> Boy! <laughs> and, that's, and then he uh, does like, the fold the cross arms thing, like the pose. Yep, yeah. And that's... Uh, Scream Queen Linnea Quigley is the actress that he freaks out. Um, <laughs> so people are probably wondering. Uh, so where where what what exactly about this movie is it besides just these goofy effects and um, you know silly jokes and black monsters well, rapping but it's it, a mixture of, of all of those things yeah, right like it's, the, the effects aren't goofy they're actually well, no the effects aren't goofy i guess I, I meant to say i meant the goofy humor um yeah the effects are the effects are great um and i don't know I, I guess like it is that like like you said it's it it sometimes doesn't know whether it's uh a kid's movie or or a a, you know like a more serious take on it and i think that plays in its favor really well towards like uh young like adolescent kids which is when i first saw it you know and like i think it it plays really well towards like the the, the 12 to 14 year old or maybe that that age has shifted down a little bit these days is like kids probably know more stuff or whatever but like you know that that kid who like if they're getting too old for Power Rangers, 
This is like right. the next step. You're maybe not quite allowed to watch R-rated movies yet, but like you want to, and so you feel a little bit like you're getting away with something when you see Mark <laughs> Hamill transform or a guy <laughs> melt into a pile of goo or yeah, the 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 orb ripped out of his skull and stuff like that. And uh, it, it's got style. It's got flair to it. Like it's it's a it's a stylish movie. Like that's. The one thing I think I can say about every Yuzna, every Yuzna movie, even the ones where, you know, I mean, this one, he was only a producer, but in in, all, in a lot of the movies where he's just a producer, you, you can feel his, you know, like it, it, his movies should all come with like Brian Yuzna TM, you know, like it's got that. He's got a, a noticeable flair and style about like all of his movies. Um and and it's that, and it's the uh, it's. I think there's some good performances. Yeah, Jack Armstrong sucks, and everyone yeah, else is g- like. I think Michael Berryman and David Gale and Jeffrey Combs, like those are character yeah. actors. And with character actors, you hire them because they're usually there's something they excel at that a lot of people aren't very good at. And you, this is these guys doing their thing, and you get exactly what you want out of them. And so they give really they they give fun performances. Uh Jeffrey Combs is even his character's name is Dr. East, which I'm assuming is a an oh, yeah. in, inside joke to reanimator fans. And uh, yeah, David Gale's great as the villain in this. Like I said, it's the same character as reanimator. If you like him in reanimator, it's the same thing here, only he doesn't get his head cut off and <laughs> And go down on a chick as a severed head. But <laughs> <laughs> um, and if people don't know Jimmy J.J. Walker, he's the, the dynamite guy. From, what, what show? Was that good? Was it Good Times? It was Good Times. Yeah. Hmm, Bird, you're supposed to know this. Uh, I'm not sure if that was racist, but I'll just pretend. Can't, 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 can't <laughs> no, tell no, I'll just pretend it floated through <laughs> in one ear and out the other. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think I think we've painted the, the the picture fairly well here. Now, we forgot the giant zoonoid at the very end that gets like blasted with uh, the chest beam. As David Gale turns into that, yeah, he turns into like the I guess is like the king of the zoonoids or something. I, I'm not re- really clear on the hierarchy. Um, He's certainly at least in charge of like that branch of it. All I know yeah. is this, this movie opens with a, a text scroll, like a Star Wars scroll, and it sounds and it, <laughs> it sounds does. like just complete gibberish. <laughs> it, 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 it almost sounds like someone's talking in another language. <laughs> hang on. It's at the beginning of time, aliens came to the Earth to create the ultimate organic weapon. They created mankind by planting a special gene into man. They created zoonoids. Humans who could change at will into super monster sh- soldiers. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sold. Uh, and then, um, uh, I mean, I think it's just that you know, if this if this kind of thing is your wheelhouse, you know, monsters and rubber suits, and I mean, like I said, I think the designs are all really cool. You, you know. Yeah, the one the one guy looks like a gremlin. The other guy looks like like a fish monster. The guy kind of has like a flare of elephant to him. There's the the woolly like uh, she's like a rat or a rodent or mm-hmm. like ma- she's yeah. mammalian in some way. Um, 
those things are all co- super cool to look at. Yeah. And this was also coming at a time where cyberpunk was kind of a big thing. You know, superhero stories where, you know, they're cyborgs and stuff like that. Um, and stuff like Akira and uh, Tetsuo the Iron Man, uh, Zerum. All that stuff kind of hit at the same time as the Giver. And it, it's very much kind of uh, an extension of, of that type of guess subgenre whatever um because it's very much like a it's like common rider with more body horror and biological um like merging of man and machine and all that stuff um and also i mean i think of the i think a little bit at least stylistically probably comes from the terminator you know, Terminator was huge around this time. Um, but I don't know, Matt. I know you're not you're not as high on this movie. I don't know if you want to talk about. That's why, only only in comparison or... to the sequel, not oh, so much huh. on this movie. <laughs> I know I I could I could speak a little bit to why like uh fan like the because I guess there's a Guyver fandom, right? I mean, if the, oh, I mean, there has to be. Is, like um, Guyver's huge, man. Like it's, it's been still around here. for a long time. Yeah. You know? So, uh, toys and stuff that they sell. One thing, one thing, Guyver fandom does not respond to well in this movie is that it's not. Ultimately, it's not that violent. Actually, um, you know, the fights are pretty tame. They're mostly just punching and kicking. And it's Um, it's campy too, which, as far as I know, the manga and the anime, um, were they're super violent. Yeah, they were they were more serious and yeah, more hyper violent. Yeah, you know, he rips people's arms off and beats them to death with them. He slices things in half. He uh, blood spews out everywhere. Like, yeah, it's um, in in the one. I think it's in the original anime and like one of the last episodes, the the thing that they kind of build up to be like his arch nemesis, like strips his girlfriend naked and then just starts lashing her with his tentacles. Um so yeah, it, it, you know, none of that, like nothing, nothing in that more dark kind of spectrum, is is in this. This is yeah, much more campy, more lighthearted, more fun. Um, but it plays well to me. I don't know how lighthearted it is when a guy gets his head like literally crushed <laughs> on screen. <laughs> like, several guys get their head crushed because Michael Berryman gets his head crushed yeah, too. Like ultimately, it's, it's, yeah. it is uh pretty it's, it's it's fairly violent honestly uh, the thing is the camp in the like it like downplays it in some weird the, way the camp like, and like <laughs> the horror stuff the, i'm not gonna pretend they gel together well but i don't know i like it i i, I don't i i can't it, it doesn't work but i it doesn't always work but i don't know it just makes it so much different from anything else that you know you're really used to and like, like in some of the stuff, I think is genuinely funny. Like I mentioned earlier, Michael Berryman thinks the Giver is in a suitcase, and when he gives it to his boss, who's David Gale, <laughs> and it's a toaster, and he gets mad about it. Then later in the movie, we see that David Gale is actually using the toaster to make toast. <laughs> and I, I don't know that just that's hilarious to me. And I probably think it's funnier than it actually is, but I don't know. I get a kick. I I think it's amazing. No, that's funny. 
I mean, this this movie, like I said, I don't I don't hate this movie by any means. Uh, I, we were we were talking in our in our little thread, and I was saying that I, I prefer the sequel to this movie. I, I think the the sequel does some things better in terms of just the, the action sequences being, I mean, more my thing. Um, but a lot of the designs, in, and actually from both films, are actually lifted directly out of the anime or, or the manga. Um, so that's where they get a lot of like the monster designs. I mean, they're taken directly from the the source material, which is pretty neat. Also, how weird is it to see Mark Hamill in this kind of role? Like, I know <laughs> it's just weird to think of like, hey, this guy was in Star Wars, and now he's doing this, like, and getting transformed into that nasty looking zoinoid and the way that he he dies is just it, it just feels almost kind of pathetic is is that <laughs> fair well, me to say Hamill's yeah. kind of been a b-movie guy his whole career you know i mean star wars is star wars but other than that it's been it's pretty much just been stuff like this and voiceover so um for me anyway I, is- I it's interesting that this comes uh at least like i mean when i first saw this i was like oh it's got the luke skywalker guy and you know this is very much a aged up kind of like i mean you're used to mark hamill from star wars where he's so youthful and you know like a, a young man and in this he's like a grizzled like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. cia guy who's trying to get intel on the guyver and I think one thing that bothers me is sometimes the camp almost seems too much. Like, I, I think that is probably my main criticism of the movie. Not that I want this film to be straight laced. I, I think that you're onto something by, by having the camp. I think the campiness is sort of like both an asset, but also detracts sometimes. Well, I mean, because, I, like, I think you, you could know. criticize it. I think that pendulum can swing both ways because when it gets graphic, it gets freaking nuts. Right. I, I I agree with Matt though. Like I think you know if I'm picking one big complaint, it's that there there are a lot of jokes and there is a lot of humor and there are a lot of campy elements and some of them play well. You know, like 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 David Gale getting pissed about the toaster and then using the toaster later. And um, I actually I actually think like the moment with him jumping over the wall and and the girl screaming is is genuinely kind of amusing or can't in fun in a campy way um the rap thing it like <laughs> i i think it's i think it's great great or whatever it's horrible though oh, it, it's, like it's, really it's like great for all the wrong reasons <laughs> yeah exactly it's, and that's <laughs> it's like cringe worthy almost <laughs> you know so like so yeah the the camp the, the camp elements sometimes end up becoming embarrassing rather than fun and, uh, th- and it, it is the, the it is the kind of movie that if you if you kind of catch at the wrong moment or or someone you know walked in at the wrong moment and, and caught you watching this they'd be like dude what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> no i i think that's all very accurate if if we want to speak critically i mean i saw well both of these movies i saw a lot on the sci-fi channel dude that's how i yeah. saw the like one, sci-fi yeah. i feel like sci- the sci-fi channel ran the guyver movies constantly so that's how I uh, I always found them. I think I was flipping through channels and I was like, "Hey, I like Power Rangers. This looks kind of like Power Rangers." And then being like, uh, "What?" I, I rented the first but one from. Yeah, I watched them every time they were on, though. Uh, I I watched the first one more. Um, I mean, well, well, I think I rented it from, from rented this from Blockbuster. Rest in peace. <laughs> yeah, like and I, and I also remember. Um, I think the whole reason I turned it on was 
I remember I recognized the title when I was looking through TV Guide. If anyone old as dirt like us and remembers TV Guide, I used to go through them every week to see what monster movies I wanted to see, and I recognized the title from uh, the Stuart Galbraith book, Japanese science fiction, fantasy, and horror movies. There's a chapter on here, so yeah, that's that's how I saw it first. And uh, I, I've always thought it was weird, and that definitely hasn't changed. <laughs> so, uh, what, what's a good rating system for this, guys? I, I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to think of some, but um, I feel like you should pick something because this is this is your. Well, I I would say, oh man, I feel like Tom's going to have something shiny chrome toasters. Yeah, I I, 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 w- I was going to do a Mark Hamill thing, and then how many I, my mind how many Gyve and Jive and things? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how many Gyvin Jivin things? Or, yeah, the toaster or horrific Mark Hamill cockroach transformations. They're all good. Take your pick. Any of the, any of the uh, previous rating systems, uh, numerically, I would... <laughs> uh, I, know this, I know this rating is probably high but i'm gonna i'm gonna go with a three okay i'm i'm giving it three and a half guyvin and jive and things <laughs> i almost went to three and a half i, I was i i, was I just enjoy it that much i this is one of those movies i turned it on like like late at night uh just to be like eh, it's you know it's relatively short and you know, maybe I'll get 40, 45 minutes in and then I'll just kind of roll over and, and go to And it just, like I said, it, it's stylish and fun and it grabbed me and I ended up watching the whole thing. Three and a half. I'm, I'm at a two and a half because I, I don't, I definitely don't, I don't hate it. It's enjoyable. You're a damn but like, villain. <laughs> I think give it like a one. Uh, this movie's glorious. Uh, I think in the right like context, if I was watching it with a bunch of friends, I could I could see myself being like, oh yeah, we like we oh, had a God, great time a, with a group of friends. This movie would be like a four, four and a half. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. Like if if you had a group of friends, you could have a lot more fun with it. But like for me, watching it by myself, like it's it's a two and a half. Also, everyone has the is dressed very nineties. Like everyone tucks their <laughs> t shirts into their jeans and stuff. Oh man, the jeans are the worst. Yeah. Yeah, and they're, oh, they're '90s jeans too. Yeah, they're yeah. like the the super like butt tight like guy jeans. Like, yeah, it's just it's yeah, not like acid wash look to them. It's <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I, I know it didn't do too right by the source material, but I feel like it. I don't know. I'm not a huge guy I mean, like, fan. It, like so. I said, it it did some things right. Like it it got it got some basics of the original story down. It took it took some monsters directly out of the source material. Yeah. Like it's not. But it's also not trying to to be the source material either. Yeah. Well, also, um, kind of bringing up the point that we were talking about earlier with Brian Yuzna, and then we went on that very brief tangent about his involvement with Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Apparently, he was the one that was pushing for, for them to make it more, like, kitty, like, more like, more like a kid's movie. Whereas I know um, the two directors were kind of looking at making it more more like the source material um in particular uh steve wang <clears throat> who um you know he 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 was always a, a fan of the guyver so he kind of wanted to make it a little closer to 
you know, what was going on in the anime and the manga. Um, and in 1994, uh, he directed Giver Dark Hero. Um, he scrapes together about 14 bucks. And- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he lifted up, uh, lifted up his couch cushions, <laughs> uh, found some change, and um, uh, he made the Giver Dark Hero, which... Uh, was made with $1 million, which the first Giver was a $3 million budget, so uh, a drastically reduced budget, which I think is probably one of the big things that didn't do it any favors. I mean, both are really low budget, and you can tell by, like, you know, all the scenes in these nondescript warehouses and alleyways, <laughs> and if I do have a... <laughs> And if I do have a criticism of the first guy for it's that 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 warehouse fight goes on forever. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it does. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the, so the Guyver two followed that up, and Jack Armstrong has been replaced as Sean by David Hayter, who a lot of people probably know as a screenwriter these days, having written um, the first two X Men movies, Watchmen. Uh, he's also the voice of Solid Snake in the um, uh, Metal Gear Solid games. He voiced King Shark on the Flash TV series. So he's around. You just don't know him in, I guess, the capacity that of him being a lead. Um, and the Giver Dark Hero, uh, Steve Wayne, got his wish to make a more serious, uh, less campy, and um, at least aesthetically... Uh, true to the source material um and uh this seems to be among guyver fans this seems to be the favorite of the two probably for that reason um and i know tom is at least with me on um my on on where i think this movie kind of (laughs) falls flat but um the guyver 2 matt this is you're all about this one. Um, yeah, man. So do you want to run away and give us a, a quick plot uh, description? It, it, it's, it's what, like a year after the first one? Yeah, so we, so we got a, a year moved from the first one. Uh, Sean, and for some reason this scene makes no sense, they have him like break up with his girlfriend in the first 10 minutes. I don't know why they just like, <laughs> they just didn't that want, out. It's so, they could, <laughs> it's so they could ship him and whoever the, the girl Corey, is that he Corey finds. Corey Edward the, or something. The, yeah, yeah, the, the new whoever uh, he finds love the, 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 the gas station site. or something? Oh, it yeah. Big, yeah. Yeah, it was the... No, they, they actually well, he meet meets like her a, at the gas station. He meets her so at a yeah. gas station. So he's he's basically uh, breaking... He knows all the hot pickup places, man. <laughs> gas, <laughs> station. gas station. Well, he, he, well, his thing is he's kind of become obsessed with the Giver and where it came from. And he's noticed that when he becomes the Giver, he, uh, he has is kind of Much. losing more control. He's more bloodthirsty and, and stuff like that. So he's kind of become obsessed with what the Giver is. And, um, and he's yeah. having these like nightmares. Yeah. And, and uh, what is it? Well, he, he goes to like a, a dig where they unearth, like they unearth a UFO, right? Well, they unearth the one of like the ships that brought the Givers to earth. And it turns out that the dig has been funded by Kronos uh, or in a bunch of zoonoids are there, and there's actually a uh, embedded U.S. Uh, government agent uh, Atkins who knows about the Cronus organization, who's trying to basically find out what's going on. 
And then at that point, people start dying. The Giver appear, and then uh, Giver fights a bunch of Zonoids, and there ends up being a second Giver unit that falls into the hands of the Zonoids and actually uh, bonds with a Zonoid. And there's like a battle between the the Giver Zonoid and the regular Giver at the very end, who's kind of like the main the main villain of the film. Um, and that that's like the main brunt of your movie. The biggest difference is like for this film, there isn't the humor. It's a lot more dry. There's actually two cuts to this, by the way. Like you have the the 96 minute cut and then you have one that's like actually over two hours which i i feel like i should have watched the 96 minute version (laughs) we're talking about that um but i mean like the 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 main thing about this particular movie is it's 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 also pulling stuff from the source material and in the original uh the manga there are actually multiple guyvers and there is a guyver that that does become attached to his own and they do they they do fight um the the zonoid guyver unit is actually damaged so that's kind of a basically a weakness in the unit so when the it's defeated it's because the little orb in its uh, head is cracked that's basically how it gets beat because uh i think it gets like punched or something multiple times and eventually gets ripped out but it, it's just a much more straight laced action film I, the the action sequences are a lot more bloody um i love the the, the zone noise themselves the creatures are I mean, I think the suits are great. I mean, you can tell that the sets are basically, they don't have any. They're filmed out in the open, like in the, in the barren desert, basically. Um, but the, the fights woods. are great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, well, I mean, there's like. Oh, and, they walk around the woods quite a bit. <laughs> there's quite uh, a bit of walking around the woods. Um, but there's, it's just a lot of excellent choreography for the fights and i think that's what i like about this movie compared to the first because i felt like the first just had all the the campiness i mean that's and for for me i'm here to see them fight well i'll i'll give this movie one thing and that is the fight choreography which is was done by koichi sakamoto who uh people who are in, really into japanese superheroes i mean he's done fight choreography for the Ultraman series, both Power Rangers and Super Sentai. I mean, he's directed plenty of episodes of all those. I think he's one of the only directors that's directed Power Rangers and Super Sentai. He directed the Ultra Galaxy movie. Um, so he's like a martial arts choreography guy. And, you know, I mean, that that's where this one probably excels, but... <laughs> uh, everything else about it is less interesting just because I, I it just feels flat to me um like tom said a lot of walking around in the woods even more walking around corridors in this ufo um, or caves <laughs> yeah caves um and just a lot of talking about what is in this ufo and you know they don't have the money to really show us much like for example when sean finally gets to the point where he goes into the room in the UFO that kind of shows him the birth of the Givers and everything. It's like, it's like five seconds and, you know, of some cavemen or something. <laughs> did you feel like that set was, do you guys remember Discovery Zone? Did you ever, did you ever have those as kids? Yeah. Yes. Like, so like, it felt like that set was out of Discovery Zone. He's walking through these like little tunnels. And I just remember thinking like, that's literally what I remember playing in as a kid. <laughs> Yeah, um, if, yeah. Uh, for, if uh, if a guy going to a gas station and then uh, a, and then finding befriending an archaeologist there and then going to an archaeological dig, if because that's the story, if that doesn't sound like enough to support a two hour movie, it's because it's not. <laughs> um, like like Bird said, there's a lot of just like 
nothing happening of guys just standing around caves and you're like oh my like just do something do something and instead it's just like you know like pans in on the obviously evil guy's face as he makes an obviously evil face (laughs) and dun 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 and you're like well yeah but the movie's not like it's not like clever or anything like and that, that's kind of a did problem you, I have with. Did you like, like when he received like his phone calls in his like private shed or not shed, but a private office from the supervillain behind it all? And he and he just gets like automatically accepted onto the team. Like they met this guy at a gas station, and she's like, "Hey, <laughs> want to come check out this UFO?" Like <laughs> there's kind of a weird, awkwardly wedged, kind of forced romantic tension between the two of them which is which is that's the obvious reason why at the beginning they were like oh yeah he had a girlfriend uh you break up with her in like the first scene um and i don't know that none of that's really involving to me is the thing i, I mean and i like david hater you know i'm not trying to come down on him be a hater but he's he's not <laughs> i don't know i don't know if he's much better than jack armstrong in the first movie uh everyone Every, he's fine. Everyone just—he's just, he's just as bad. Everyone just plays it a little too melodramatic for me, you know. And it's yeah, and that's and that's where we get into the the the, the yes, the camp in the uh, first one is at times a detriment, but I think it's uh, it's very wise to have it in there because when you got a movie that you're ma- you're trying to make a superhero movie. With three million dollars, even in 1990, that's not that's not not money. Uh, And so, when when you play it as something that's fun and more lighthearted, the the campier stuff and the and the stuff that's not intentionally campy can still play well. In this one, it's trying to take it so seriously, and like it's. Uh, they 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 couldn't even afford lights. Like it's just shot. Like a lot of it is just shot in like natural lighting. Yeah. And yeah. boy, that makes the suits look bad at times. Uh, I, never, I a, never felt the suit look, look that bad, but not his suit. His suit looks okay most of the time. And but like also, he fights that one kind of rhinoceros looking thing, and and that's like a bad like that thing is really really obviously like rubber and 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 looks like it has like like. Uh, it's just that thing does not look well in the lighting that they they did they didn't because they didn't light it. It's just it's just like in the daylight. Um, and yeah, that's, a, that's uh, the lighting. That's a problem with this movie with this movie specifically a lot is there's just a lot of shots and a lot of moments and a lot of things where it looks really really obviously rubber. Um, it doesn't have that texture. Or that like sliminess to it that the first film has. Um, it just looks like really obviously like latex rubber, and and it just doesn't it doesn't come across as well. And I, I think it it because of being lower budget and and lacking style, it comes across really flat. So I think what we kind of come to with this discussion is. I actually agree that the first movie is probably a better film. I mean, it's, it's better produced. Um, obviously they had more money. They had better lighting, that kind of stuff. I, I get all that. What I prefer out of this, out of the second film is 
the stuff that's focusing on the Giver and the action sequences and stuff, I think all that's better. And to me, I would trade that for all the campiness of the first film. And that's why I like this movie better. Also, I love the score of this movie, even though I, it sounds very Terminator 2-ish. Like, but but I love I love the music. I love the theme. I think it was done by like is it Matthew Morris. Is that uh, who did that for Diver Two? Uh, <laughs> Diver Two. The soundtrack. <laughs> the soundtrack yeah. is composed by a guy named Les Claypool the Third, who is of no relation to the Les Claypool from the band <laughs> Primus. <laughs> no, there's like there's a. Uh... I see that some other guy actually released it and re-recorded it back in. Yeah, my bad. Although I, 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 I would, uh, I would love to hear Les Claypool score a Giver movie. That would sound like. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, but, I just this, this movie's just flat to me. The thing it's, is, it's I I, I am with Matt in that I do really like the fight scenes. The two standouts are the ones where they're like fighting in like a like a pond or a lake or something, and then of course the end fight which is i think is really good but i just felt like anytime there was a moment like that it just felt like it came after waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for something to happen yeah and and it, the, the, i think they the even thing. reused the uh i was watching it in the the monster suit or the michael berryman zoonoid from the first movie shows up in this one as a completely different character so i'm like did they just reuse this this suit because they didn't have money to make enough or what? <laughs> no, actually, and that's the thing in the original guy, like the 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 manga is like the monsters. They would create multiples of the same monster, so that's a common. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, they yeah, don't really touch on that in, yeah. in the well, movie. Well, someone should have told me. You gotta. Yeah. You gotta. They end up creating. Like, like, <laughs> Matthew Morris did the first guy, so I'm just. They joking. end up creating like multiples if it ends if it's like more effective against yeah the like they, they made like and enzyme so like, and enzyme too and they would have made they would have made more of this guy because he had that moment where he had butted him into oblivion for yeah. you know like um well it would have been but nice yeah the, the, they took the, the, the biggest thing i'll say in this movie's favor to tell me um that you know bird bird kind of touched on is that the, the end fight is good and i think my favorite thing about the end fight um is something kind of matt just kind of touched on briefly is the the unit the guyver unit uh, that the main bad guy puts on is damaged. There's a crack in the little control ball or whatever. And uh, I, I don't know who to give the credit to, whether it's the director or the suit actor, or whoever gives it a very uh, twitchy performance that really makes it come across as like glitchy and broken. And, and that is like a, that that is maybe the one time in the entire movie where there seems to be any like thought and style and flair put into like the movie itself and and so i did i do enjoy that part i don't remember the score for the second one much uh, but yeah like i said matthew matthew morris did the first yeah. one I the, was the, the score for the first one i actually do really like nah second one's way better man you know the uh i don't particularly remember the score for either one that well but um reviews like like critical reviews for the first one are Almost all of them say that the score sucks. <laughs> well, uh, someone's got to like it. Nauseatingly hokey soundtrack. Uh, <laughs> this, 
Despite some good effects, it's weighted down by preposterous acting and horrible music. Uh, like, sounds about right. Stuff, I, I want to, Matt. How 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 much of it? How much of it are you thinking of as the first movie? Because the first one's the one that has that Terminator Two. Oh nah, man, I'm telling you the the second the, like I I've I like the, the 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 theme of the second movie so much that like I can hum it like. I, I can hum it on a whim. Do it. Like I love. No, I'm not. <laughs> like, nobody, nobody wants to hear that in podcast land. Nobody does. Huh. Um. Yeah, but I love the. It, it sounds very Terminator Two ish. It's got like the the metal cla- like clanking sound, like directly out of Terminator Two almost. All right. Well, uh, Matt, you love this movie. So I mean, is that what? Is there anything else you want to point out? Is something that just? No, I mean, like like I said, I, I love it in comparison to the first one, but I don't think either of them are like masterpieces by any stretch of the imagination. No, oh, I think that first one gets close. <laughs> I mean, Maybe aside from aside like from the <laughs> the fight scenes, like what is there anything else that you? What else do you like? More than the well, first like I one. said, it's it's the the monsters. It's the like is it me, the story, I, the, the sco- like the story, the, the score, like the the score and the atmosphere and the and the tension of the fights. Like I I enjoy all that stuff. And like the movie isn't gonna be, it, it's not gonna be a, I don't know. It's like watching a a bad Godzilla film. I mean, like you you, you take the good with the bad, and you and you take the stuff that you really like, and you kind of hone in on that. And neither of these movies are are great, so. Like okay, so so what would you guys rank this out of out of five? Five rhinoceros monsters or zoonoids? Because uh, I'm gonna go, I'm like I'm gonna go three, right? I gave the yeah. first one a two and a half. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go three on this one. Uh, I'd knock this one down a full star and do two. Oof, I um, I, I'm gonna be pretty harsh. I, I think it's. <laughs> I think it's like a a one and a half. <sighs> well, I'll say this. I watched it with two friends, one of whom had only seen the first one when he was a kid, and another one who hadn't seen either of them. And we had a, a hoot throughout the whole first movie. And then we were like, yeah, put on part two. And then part two came on. We like You could feel the energy leaving the room. <laughs> I'll say that much. I don't know, man. I used to watch this with my uh, with my brother all the time, and uh, on Sci Fi Channel, and like it, we always had fun with it. Uh, I don't know. I mean, another thing is, I really do wonder if, and Matt, I don't even know if your last viewing was this version, but after seeing how kind of when I watched it this last time, I felt like the movie was taking forever. I kind of wish I was. I I kind of want to know what the original hour and a half cut was like because yeah, i mean they cut 30 minutes out that's a yeah, pretty and, and cut. when i watched the director's cut i was feeling like you know you could cut out 30 minutes of this and i i think it's just like they really tried to get into the mythology of the guyver and really tried to explain a lot of the origin and stuff and that's fine but i think this movie it goes on and on with it and when it pays it off all in the end and when he discovers the things and you see flashbacks it still doesn't make much sense and so in the in the in the interest of time i think a lot of that probably could have been cut out if 
none of it was going to make all that much sense anyway. Um, yeah. And I think, I don't know, I, I'm wondering, I, maybe not now, maybe not in a long time, but one of these days, I, I, I'd like to give the uh, shorter cut a try and just see if it kind of takes nah. care of you're still gonna have you're still gonna have the bad acting and the the the, the very the lifetime cinematography <laughs> right the, the... Looks, it looks like a lifetime movie <laughs> yeah the the crappy lighting and the the buzzkill score that matt loved like you're still gonna have those things but you know it, it'll go by quicker and you'll get to the fight scene which is really what it's really the only yeah. reason i would come back to this movie is to, to watch those um yeah and i don't know for all the the opening up it tries to do about the mythology um it just felt like a lot of gibberish to me <laughs> i don't know how you guys feel it is but, um yeah i mean some of it made sense and then other stuff was just kind of all over the place like there's the one girl who her dad was a zoonoid right yeah, Corey. That's but, the love interest, and her father yeah. was his own one. So okay, I just found some, some grief. Right, but he well, was he was working for he was working for Kronos. That's how they got the funding for the dig. So it makes sense that he was a Zoonoid, but she wasn't. He was protecting her essentially, and they were sort of using her as like, "Hey, if you don't do what we want, we're gonna freaking kill your daughter," more or less. But and I just found, by the way, there's a. So there's two versions of the, of the, we talked about the alternate versions for the Giver 2. Um, a lot more was, the extended version basically has um, a little more violence to it, has a, the nightmare sequences where basically he's, uh, Sean's having the, the dreams about how the aliens came down. Um, the breakup scene, which we talked about, apparently that's actually cut out of the other version. And then also <laughs> it focuses on the, the, uh, the romance. So basically like, all the stuff that should have been cut is cut out of the uh, of the other version, right. which we all should probably watch. I'll, I'll probably give that one a, a shot at some point then. And, and it yeah. seems like that's actually more of a um, the U, that's actually the UK the the British edition. Okay. Yeah. Um. I'll pass. <laughs> <laughs> I can just like feel Tom like slowly dying inside. I feel like he. I feel like he felt when I watched Shin Godzilla the second time. With, well, with I know. I, well, I remember Tom was saying that his his last uh, viewing a Giver two was. It means four tries. Yeah, it was, it was pretty grueling. <laughs> it took me what four was, tries. Tom, Tom, let's talk about the anime, man. We we you yeah. and I watched like the well, kind of. We, we watched, Well, we talked about watched, the. You watched all. You watched two of them, right? Yeah, so so there's an original anime movie that none of us have seen. Time for uh, out of control. Yeah, um, and none of us really know anything about it other than the name. But then there was an anime in like the late '80s. It ran about twelve episodes, and then there was an anime in like 2008. 2008, 2006, like, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the 2008 and the 1987 version, they are super close to the same exact thing. So, literally everything that the 2005, 2000... by the way, 2005. Oh, 
Okay, so literally everything that the 05 version does in its first 16 episodes is what the other one does in 12 episodes. Um, they're almost identical. The, the only difference really is that um, the 12-episode the version, the one from the 80s, uh, it builds up this uh, one character as sort of the main villain, and it, it has a more uh, distinct ending. Whereas the, the 2005 version builds this guy up and then kind of takes him out and then brings in another like main antagonist for what I think was maybe supposed to be like a second season or something. Um, and then that got like cut short. And so it doesn't have as good of a of an ending. Um, but the basic storyline is pretty similar. Like uh, a Giver unit gets gets taken out of the Kronos Corporation. Um, this guy stumbles upon it. Um, he starts fighting the Zoonoids who are evil because they're evil. Like there's there's no no real reason for them to be evil other than they're evil. Um, and uh, and yeah, he just he ends up fighting them. And then like every once in a while, uh, he gets into trouble, like bad trouble, and starts getting his ass kicked. And this other Giver comes in and saves him. And uh, it's that's like Giver unit. Is that Giver unit number one? Yeah, I can't. I can't remember the, the order in which they come. Like I don't yeah. remember the order number in which they they appear. I think he's considered unit number one, and like the main character is unit number two. Um, <laughs> and they, uh, this guy comes and like saves him occasionally, but it, it's kind of that weird save where he like he saves him, but it's like that um, that kind of relationship where he saves him, but he does it like reluctantly or he doesn't really give him help, like. He's he's willing to save his life, but that's about it. Um, and you end up finding more about this character. This Giver Unit One is basically he's he's also working inside Kronos. He's trying to take it down from the inside, and um, they just the the anime really like the difference between the anime and like the the two movies to me like the big difference, um, especially if, like if you're considering the first movie, like it's more violent, more serious. And um, they just kind of explain like the zoonoids themselves and how they work a little bit more. And uh, there's a little bit, a little bit more variance. And then like they really go into like they're trying to kill the Giver, and so they start specifically creating zoonoids to take out the Giver, like with the express purpose of taking out the Giver. Um, and the I think probably the coolest thing to then come from the anime um, is they uh, they take his father and turn his father into a zoonoid called Enzyme, which like is absolutely lethal to the guy where it can like melt him um, and and his father gets mind controlled and he has to end up killing his own father. Uh, and that's like a that's like a really probably the most interesting thing that happens in the anime. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. The, and, and you're right. The, the, the ending to the, the, the series in 2005 is like, you're kind of like, dude, what the fuck? It just, it just stops like halfway. Like, yeah. I mean, like there's like a giant guyver that comes out of the sky. <laughs> it's like, what? 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 what just, yeah. 
Um, you know what it's like? It's like, uh, did you guys ever watch Frisky Dingo? I remember uh, Frisky Dingo. Did you ever see the, the end of the second season where, like, they find out that Killface was an alien and all the other, like, Killface aliens come down to Earth and they're like, dude, what are you doing? And then it just ends and, like, that's the end of the series. And, I mean, it's funny because that's, like, a, that's a comedy series. But that's what this is like. Is like, all this crazy shit comes from space and then it just ends. <laughs> So, uh, I haven't seen any of the anime. This this crazy. So this thing, this other thing, comes from space, and he's like the founder of the Kronos Corporation, and like he can't be killed except this one guy then creates a miniature black hole. Yeah, there's like and there's like super zonoids that have like insane. Yeah, like, there's what is it? Zoonoid Elite Team hi- Five or something? <laughs> they're called. Yeah, they're like hyper zoonoids, and they're they're. There's a lot of cannon fodder in the anime. So, like, when we talked about how there's, like, Giver's, of, or not Giver's, Zonoids of multiple types, like, there are. They, and they they actually infiltrate the Kronos Corporation in one part, and, like, they just, they kill, like, what feels like hundreds of these creatures. Yeah. And, like, they're just ripping them, like, literally ripping them apart in some cases, cutting them in half and, like, ripping arms off. And, I mean, it's just incredibly brutal, which is probably why the hardcore Giver fans like the second film as opposed to the first film. Because yeah. it's very just like straight face, but the the action in the in the anime is, is I mean it's great. Um, I will say I tried to rewatch it recently and I didn't feel like it held up as well. Um, well what's interesting? So you've watched only the 2005 version, right? Yeah. I don't know how I don't know how Guyver fans feel about the the 80s 87. I think it is version. I think the action in it is garbage. Um, it is a ridiculous amount of still frames with then just like flashing lights behind it. And that's what like that's what, like what passes for for action in it is it, it's not any actual movement or animation in the movement. Um it it comes across as extraordinarily cheap. Um the the best thing about the 87 version though is it accomplishes in 12 episodes what the other one does in 16. And that is the thing about the 2005 version that started to just wind, like grind me down after a while is there's a lot of that, like uh, prototypical anime inner monologuing. Um, and like, there's like, there's an entire episode that I think would not even have been in the 87 version. There's an entire episode where his girlfriend um, just spends like she spends the entire episode like she she like is just taking a bath, thinking about how about how he will fight for them and like that's like it's like twenty two minutes of her just saying like he's so strong he'll fight for us no matter what I wish I could fight for us but he's so strong he'll fight for us no matter what and you're like oh my god like it it it's twenty two minutes of that I, I I kid you not um. I mean, maybe I kid a little bit, but still, it, it is like almost legitimately twenty-two minutes of that. So it's uh, it's not very economical with its time, and uh, but it is it is a little bit more fun to watch because at least the animation is good, like during the fights and stuff. And so, so did it just not come to a conclusion in the end? Yeah, no, it it just it just kind of ends. It all, it honestly feels like it was like straight up canceled like without notice you know because it doesn't even 
it doesn't even really end on a cliffhanger. It just yeah, kind of ends. ends. And, and that's not uncommon with all, like, if you've ever heard of the, like, Claymore. I love that series. It was 26 episodes long, but it was kind of the same thing. Like, it's just some of these, um, Dead Man Wonderland, another show that I loved, but some of these, these, these anime series, they just, either they don't get, they don't get renewed or they just get canceled or whatever. So they end, they follow the, um, basically a couple volumes, you know, faithfully for the source material, but you don't always get like a true ending and they, they're leaving something open for the next season and then they never get to it. Hmm. Uh, so, so the, it looks like all the animes are the same. I haven't seen any of them. So that's why I'm letting you guys kind of run with this. So, so the fir- the, the out of control movie or whatever is based on the first volume of the, never saw the it. manga. The twelve episode series, if um, that was from eighty nine ninety two, uh, was based on the first four volumes, and then the two thousand five to two thousand six one is based on the first ten. So it and looks like thirty two. There's like thirty two total volumes, so you can see how far they didn't get. Yeah, and they're they're still they're, the comics are still going, um, and I, I guess Yoshiki Takeya is still writing them. I guess, and I guess. Um, I'm reading, like, changes that are made in the anime are all done, like, with his permission and stuff. So, uh, it looks if like... If I the, were to recommend... If I were to recommend one of the animes, I would probably recommend the, the O5 version, just because it's a little more slick. It's a little more fun to watch in turn like, when there's actually a- action happening, you know? Like, um, you could probably have a, a, a decent hand on the fast-forward button. Um... And kind of and kind of get through like some of the the more like boring monologue-y parts. So aside um, from a few filler episodes and the fact that it doesn't really have an ending, I mean, other than that, I mean, would you say it's worth? I mean, if, if someone watches these two Guyver movies and they're like, "Oh, I really like the movies," uh, I, I'd like to check out more. Would you tell them to check out that series? I'd, I mean, I'd give it a two and a half. So you know, like. Three and a half on the on the anime. I, I but I think I like your mileage will vary. I don't. I couldn't imagine someone loving both movies or even one of the movies and then not at least watching that O five anime and going, oh okay, that was like a, a thing. You know, like I can't imagine someone hating uh, that anime if they like both movies. And um, I don't remember what one it's on because I have both, but uh, the. O five one is streaming on either Amazon or Hulu. Can't remember which one. It's out there. If anyone wants to, it's yeah. I'm I'm at like a two and a half. It wasn't like the worst, but it was it wasn't to me great. So in the uh, the diverse, and I would have quit because uh, I had seen it all before. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't love watching it, but I obviously didn't hate myself, so. Okay. Um, so in the diverse, uh, realm of Japanese superheroes, would you say the Giver is, uh, you know, he's earned his stripes to be up there with, you know, the Ultraman and the Super Sentai and the Kamen Riders? Is he cool enough to, (laughs) is he cool enough to hang with those guys? I don't know anything about Kamen Rider, but like. You know, he's maybe a step below. You know, like he's the he's the B level. I mean, okay. he's the he's he's the I don't know the the, the kick ass. Their <laughs> Spider Man. 
you know, like, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with Tom on that. Like, there, there's a lot of things I like about Guyver, but a lot of it's probably like it's, it's got, he's got a great sleek design. I like the concept, but a lot of the delivery is is sort of lacking. Now, here's the thing: the manga might be fantastic, and I and I have a lot of friends who are you know they love anime and they love manga, and, and they're very high on the actual manga itself because that's that's the complete story. But as far as like the Guyver himself, I think a lot of it's more about the he's got a great look to him and i think that's probably more the appeal and like the there's a lot of very cool creatures mm-hmm. i mean i i think that's fair to yeah say. yeah no i mean it's a it's a they're cool creatures he looks cool it's a cool uh and original mythology um and i like the kind of blending of body horror with the aesthetics of you know the japanese superhero so um I mean, I, I might, I mean, I know Tom is saying, you know, hey, it didn't end, it kind of goes long, but I might check out the anime because I like Japanese superheroes, I like body horror, I like cyberpunk, and um, from what I see in the movies, those are great tastes that go great together, so yeah, I might, I might, yeah. I might do that. You might be surprised at some of the similarities, like, I mean, to the movies, I mean, in the... Is it? It's got to be in like in like the first four or five episodes. I'm not 100. He fights an evil Guyver. It happens in like the first four or five episodes. Uh, there's also an episode in like within the first ten where he gets the control orb ripped out and then it regrows itself and it turns back into him. And yeah. he's like, ah, you have to destroy the control orb in order to destroy me, you know? And it's like, so there's yeah, it, uh, that's it's probably like all stuff that. I'm because I'm assuming the movie also kind of looked at the first few volumes of the. Yeah, I was gonna say it's it's not like the movies just. You you can say what you will about how they may have changed, you know, the tone or or whatever. Yeah, I think I think it's not like they just. It's I really don't think they just looked at it and just threw it all out except for the visuals. You know, like it sounds like tonally is probably where it didn't match up, but it sounds like the story and, guess the things that unfold probably. I think they were still at least inspired by it and right. still at least wanted to yeah they wanted to put their spin on it and do it their way but they didn't they didn't just say oh here's this cool looking thing let's just make something out of it you know like they they wanted to do the guyver they just chose to do it their own way okay um assuming the anime is is true to the to the manga yeah. <laughs> like that's that's the other thing that none of us know, but I I would imagine you know. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, like, I, I wonder. Like Matt if... mentioned, a lot of the, a lot of times these animes they they stick really close to the they're, they're to the pretty, source. I mean, material. like there's some there's some changes, but they're from what I understand, like they're fairly minor, especially yeah. with the 2005 version. And yeah, I mean, I Matt, I know you touched on this earlier, but I I know that is like a frustrating thing with anime is like they run out of money <laughs> or. <laughs> you know they they and they can like barely finish a season and then it just the show is too costly so you know they just stop making it and stuff like that happens all the time uh, it really yeah. does listen if you can i know bird we are both kind of we're fans of attack on titan if you can if you can suffer through the monologues in attack on titan I promise you the stuff in oh Guy- this is not oh, as bad it will not phase you, it will not phase you. <laughs> Yeah, those are uh, 
This Those this is nowhere rough. near as bad. <laughs> yeah, Attack on Titan. That's like it's it's got so, so, such a great premise at times, and then like other times, I really wanted to like gouge my eyes out with all the, the monologuing. And the movies are even worse. It was like <laughs> the movies are bad. I, I Tom, did you show. see the Attack on Titan movies? I saw the first one. Oh, the oh, second man, one. Please watch the second one so we can talk about it. Oh, Just I please know. I know. I so <laughs> want to see your reaction to the second one. <laughs> I watched the first one because, like, a lot of the anime fans were like, "Oh, I hate it. It was nothing like the anime," and I was like, "Nothing like the anime. I'm sold." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then and then it was bad in its own different ways. Yeah, the the, the I I you got to see the second one. It's it, the second one's a lot worse. And the, so many the first one I don't completely hate. I think the first one has some. There's some things I like about it, and I was ready for the second one after I saw it. I saw them both in theaters, and then when the second one happened, I was just like, oh my god, that's how they wrap this up. It is, uh, it's real. It's honestly one of the. I mean, I, I struggle to think a movie that of, of a movie I was kind of like looking forward to, and like it's, it was just suffering the entire time. And it was bad. How about that guy, Ver? The cool guy. The G unit. Two Guyvers, a girl, and a pizza place. That'd be a good show. Yes. <laughs> um, like, we're in parody, probably. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we're probably about done. I'm sure with it exists. <laughs> we're probably. It does, dude. Yeah, I'm sure. It does. Rule thirty-four. Are you guys Rule talking about 30. Guyver porn now? Yeah, I'm sure it's it, has, it, ha- it has to exist. Everything exists for that. You guys saw that penis monster I showed you a picture of. Oh yeah, there's a guy who repeats monster. Hey, that's a real thing, people. That's in the show. That's that's not like even. It just looks like penises on him. That's true. I I saw the picture. He's not lying. Um. All right. Well, I, we're talking about penis monsters, so that probably means time to wrap up. Anything else you guys want to say about the Giver, the Bio Booster Armor Giver? The first movie's awesome. I'm in. Second movie. <laughs> You're so wrong. Uh, Alright, well... If, if, you, if you watch the first movie and go, huh, I want to watch this movie without any style or substance or enjoyability or fun, then yeah, you're going to love that second movie. A big part of the first one is, I, I do like the, the performances are a lot of fun, and no, I feel like nobody's fun in the second one. Nobody wants to... Because they're all getting paid 15 cents. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the way he, the way the director paid them is he put them in one of those machines that swirls money around, <laughs> <laughs> and they have to grab, they have to grab one dollar bills. <laughs> that's like that guy, that fisherman meme, like, oh, oh, you almost got it, and it's got like a dollar in front of him. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, the the people can decide for themselves, uh, and watch the Giver and Giver Two, and and get let us know how you feel. Uh, all right, well, uh, that wraps it up, so good night, everyone. And Tom, thank you again for joining us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>